doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel. Take the flash. Hit me tracing out of Zach. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel on this for 2020. I am your host, Johnny Jr. Uh, Tom will not be with me for this episode. He will be, however, later on, of course, with the Back Road Jet Show. And just to make the announcement clear, we are doing a live commentary during the NFL Draft on Thursday. So stay tuned, twitch.tv slash fuel. We will be there, and we will be talking about every pick in that first round. going to be amazing. Me and Tom and the network will be our special guest host that evening as well. So please join us for that. It will be fun because football is finally back. We have a draft to talk about. But today, I want to go into a little something we referred to a couple weeks ago. Because this season is going to be a different season. If there's a season at all, and of course we're hoping there will be, it could be a little different. And you would think that there's not a whole lot of other seasons we can look to for any kind of inkling of how it's going to go. But we do. It actually was about 10 years ago, the 2011 NFL lockout. We have a season's worth of statistics that we can maybe look into as a maybe a reminder of how things went and maybe a little bit of a a fortune cookie perhaps on what we could expect because it's kind of similar. I mean, it's not the same thing. Yes, we're in a pandemic right now. They were in a lockout. But during this pandemic, you can't get together. You can't work out. You can't go over things with your players and your coaches. And basically the same thing happened from March 12th, 2011 to July 25th, 2011. There was a lockout. Players couldn't work out. Players couldn't sign contracts. Players couldn't do a lot of different things. And we went into that season with a lot of questions. And one of those questions was, who's going to be rusty? Offense? Defense? Both? Are people getting acclimated to their new surroundings? It, it, Seemed like from the preseason and on, before the season actually started, that maybe it was the offense that was going to sputter and the defense was going to take over. And we just thought, how are we going to score points without players getting to know each other and getting the schemes down? How are they going to do it? Well, it actually was the exact opposite in that 2011 season. And... In the first two weeks alone, the fans witnessed insane amounts of offense. I mean, insane amounts of offense. There was 14 300-yard passers in week one of that 2011 lockout season. 14 300-yard passers. There was also five games in which both quarterbacks eclipsed the 300-yard mark in the same game. Four QBs threw for more than 400 yards. And that was a week one where Tom Brady crushed Miami with 517 yards passing. 
Okay, week one, nobody knew what was going on. Well, week two, um, still kind of happened. There was eight more 300-yard passers, including Cam Newton and Tom Brady eclipsing 400 yards again. So just first two weeks alone, players were going off, and it was all offense. Now, part of that could be because the defense was rusty or maybe we were just kind of playing schoolyard ball and when only the quarterback and wide receiver knows what's going on, the defense kind of doesn't know what to prepare for. Well, maybe, maybe not. There was also a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. Teams like the Giants and the Broncos, oh boy. Denver started the second week of that season down seven starters. The Giants lost seven starters before the regular season even started. In two weeks, the Chiefs had lost Eric Berry and Jamal Charles to torn knee ligaments, and that was after losing their start uh, starting tight end, Tony Moyaki. To make matters worse, the Lions lost their rookie running back, Mikel Lashore, if you remember that name, uh, to a ruptured Achilles tendon. And the same for Panthers linebacker John Beeson. In total, 10 players were done for the season due to Achilles injuries alone, and that was before the regular season started. So that's not good. Less time to prepare probably is going to mean more injuries. So everybody out there, I know you love drafting. I love drafting too. And for dynasty purposes, it's not going to change a whole lot. But everybody out there that's going to draft regular old standard one season and you're done kind of leagues, you might want to hold off for as long as humanly possible this year because I do believe it is going to be another bad year for injuries, which is going to take a lot of the, well, it's going to take a lot of the guesswork out of drafting some of these people because Achilles injuries usually are done for the year. Hamstring injuries, you know, we don't like saying the hamstring word on this show because when you do, it means something bad. Then there's going to be some ACLs, and there's going to be other nagging injuries, and we don't want nothing to do with those guys. But anyway, we got we got to look at it. And when you don't have time to prepare and you don't have time to work out, now these guys this year should be working out. I mean, they're all pretty much rich enough to have their own equipment in their own homes, so if they're not working out, then we've got another issue, and that's an issue of commitment. So you find some of these guys maybe coming into the 2020 season with uh, a little bit of weight issues or something of that nature. Oh, well, you know, they don't look like they are as muscular as they were the year before. Maybe they look a little slower. We're going to have to pay attention to that. So there was some other uh, injuries that happened. Um Peyton Manning had some injuries, and he'd been vocal about his inability to meet with the team doctors because of the lockout. So even if there is something uh, nagging that you want to get taken care of right now in this season, uh, you can't really get in to see some people. Uh, So he was sidelined because of the lockout and being directly correlated to his need to have another surgery. It sidelined him until at least Thanksgiving. Well, Freak injuries like what happened to Michael Vick are going to happen. Um, ruptured Achilles. Uh, it's just insane. 
Uh, Arian Foster had been hobbled and nagging hamstring injury for a month, you know, into that season. So there's going to be a lot of injuries. But if we take injuries aside and we look at the things that happened that year overall, you are going to be amazed at what we see. I am looking right now at the leaders for single season marks. Uh, I have the top 17 on my list right here of most yards in a single season. There is four from the 2011 season alone. Eli Manning had 4,933 yards that year. Eli Manning. Matthew Stafford had 5,038 yards passing. Tom Brady had 5,235 yards passing. And Drew Brees was one yard short at the time it was the most, but he is now one yard short of the all-time passing yards in a single season. He had 5,476 yards. That is a lot of yards. And if that's going to happen this year, wide receivers and tight ends are going to make an uptick in yards, catches, and touchdowns. Now I'm looking at the top 14 touchdowns passing seasons. Tom Brady had 39 in 2011. Matthew Stafford had 41. Aaron Rodgers had 45. And Drew Brees had 46. Lots and lots of touchdowns. That is just all in one season. I mean, you look at the rest of the tops of all times. Peyton Manning, 2013. Tom Brady, 2007. Patrick Mahomes, 2018. Peyton Manning, 2004. Dan Marino, 1984. That's the top five. And they were all from different years. And then next four out of ten were in the same year, 2011. A lockout, shortened offseason. Now, if that doesn't say it all, Let's go ahead and look at receiving statistics. Oh, my goodness. Calvin Johnson in 2011, 1,681 yards, 16 touchdowns. We all knew Calvin Johnson is amazing, but holy crap. that was, And that's probably not even his best year, but touchdown-wise it was. Wes Welker, 122 catches. 1,569 yards and nine touchdowns. Wes Welker is not a touchdown machine. He's a catching machine, but usually not to the tune of well over 10 yards a catch. Everybody remember Victor Cruz? 82 catches, 1,500 yards. This guy's almost making 20 yards a catch. Nine touchdowns. Larry Fitzgerald did his normal thing, 80 for 1,411 yards and eight touchdowns. That's just Larry Fitzgerald. That's what he's going to give you. Steve Smith, 79 catches, 1,394 yards, 7 touchdowns. Oh, and guess what? This was a season for tight ends. Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham, both 90-plus catches, both 1,300-plus receiving yards. Rob Gronkowski, 17 touchdowns. Jimmy Graham, 11 touchdowns. If you had either one of those guys on your team in fantasy that year, you were super, 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 super duper happy. I know I was. I went all in on Jimmy Graham, and I was very satisfied. Roddy White, 100 catches, 1,296 yards, 8 touchdowns. Jordy Nelson, 68 catches, 1,263 yards, but 15 touchdowns. Brandon Marshall did his thing, 81 for 1,200. 
Mike Wallace, 72 for 1,200. Hakeem Nick, 76 for 1,200. Dwayne Bow, Dwayne Bow, Dwayne Bow, 81 for 1,159 yards and five touchdowns. If you had Dwayne Bow that year, you were, yeah, you were ecstatic. And after that, you were shooting yourself in the foot if you picked Dwayne Bow. Antonio Brown was just merely scratching the surface. He had 69 for 1,100 yards. Vincent Jackson, he had his normal 20 yards of catch and nine touchdowns. Nate Washington, Steve Johnson, Darius Hayward Bay. Darius Hayward Bay is on this list of the 2011 season. If that doesn't tell you that almost anybody can have a great year in a shortened off-season type of program and situation... I, I don't know what else to tell you. I am starting to think that uh, we should be all in on quarterbacks and wide receivers and tight ends this year. Maybe finally, maybe I can actually talk about tight ends with confidence again. I didn't get to do it last year, and that kind of made me sad. But this year, I got another good feeling. But it's not just a feeling because I love talking about the tight end position. It's a good feeling because we actually have another season to go back and look and have statistics that say because players weren't able to work out with their facilities, weren't able to see their coaches and get their schemes down and get everything on the same page with their offense, uh, it really seems to favor the offense. Now, what does that say about running backs? That's a good question. I don't know if that is going to make running backs a more valuable asset. Say, if you can get a Delvin Cook, and of course, if he stays healthy, uh, should you be drafting and getting good running backs because there will be more wide receivers that are useful during the season? Or are these wide receivers going to be so just insanely statistically good that we should be taking them because the benefits of having multiple of those great wide receivers will outweigh having a lesser running back that we're going to have to look at if uh, the NFL can get back in the groove, get back on track and we can end all this lockdown stuff and be safe about it. We'll see a different story going into training camp and preseason if we can get more time. I mean, the lockout ended in July. Well, August is when the preseason game starts, so there was not much to go on. We've still got a chance to get some time in, get all these free agents acclimated, get all the rookies acclimated, get all the free agent rookies signed, and, you know, there's going to be a few guys out there that, you know, really just kind of hit it with the team and just wow us in preseason and eh, who knows if they do it in the regular season but for dynasty purposes there'll be a few guys that you could snatch up off the waiver wire but we're not going to know if we can't get them into a camp and get them some reps and even if it's with the second and three third string quarterbacks we'll still get at least a glimpse of what some of these lesser known rookies and free agent uh, rookies are all about so uh i guess that's about gonna do it for me again it was just kind of a uh short episode to get us prepared for 
the NFL Draft on Thursday night. Again, twitch.tv slash fantasyfuel. We will be there. We will be live making all of our commentary mainly fantasy-based. What picks are going to affect what teams? Of course, there'll be offense. There'll be defense. There'll be offensive linemen. There'll be eh, maybe a couple of kickers here and there. So we'll have to kind of talk about some IDP values as well, too. So if you're into that, definitely check us out on Thursday. Uh, we'll be doing the Back Row Jets show in just a little bit here tonight, uh, again, on Twitch. And uh, don't forget to check out all of the other teams. We've got, I don't know, 13 or 14, I think, right now. So we're almost halfway there. We've got Steelers just joined us. The Raiders joined us a week and a half or so ago. We got Dolphins, we got Browns, we got Packers, we got Texans, we got Eagles, we got Cowboys, we got I don't, we got a lot. And they're all doing amazing. You should check them all out. Even if you're not 100% fans of those teams, there's a lot of good insights out there. And of course, don't forget to check out Back Row Fantasy Show. They dive deeper into the IDP and the Dynasty stuff more than Fantasy Fuel does, but we love them just as much. So don't forget to check those guys out. Don't forget to check out some audio dramas if you're into those. The Veiled West, The Veiled Monarch, Soon We Be Pirates, and uh, there's a book out there for The Veiled Monarch. If you like fantasy, werewolves, and vampires, and druids, it's a book, The Veiled Monarch. There's a link to it in the show notes. Give it a read. It's an awesome story. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you on Thursday. Thursday.